0: and welcome to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this fine, fine day?
1: Well, hey there, Sir Alan of the Roundtable there. I am doing fantastico. How about you, buddy?
0: I'm doing good enough. Mm. You know, the whole uh, spirit of why try has really sunk in for me this week, Mark. And I feel like uh, maybe if we had watched a different episode, it could have put me in a different place. But instead, I watched this episode.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm looking at you, and um, you look like kind of a gray cloud is yeah. just hovering over yeah. you, and just you, like it's, no one
0: else. It's coming. It's going to come through. Trust me. Mm. Yeah. So I'm just warning you right now.
1: There's a storm front coming.
0: So anyway, welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Good welcome. Today we're doing season four, episode five. Meet and greet. Meet and greet. I think I did eventually remember this episode. Like at first, just based on the title, I did not remember it. But when I started watching, like, oh, oh, this one. How about you?
1: I I did not remember it because... there's not going to be any secret here. There's a large part of it that takes place at April and Andy's house. And I think I confused it with some other episodes where it was very centric at their place.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, it's an, it's our second Halloween episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. And um, So there, there are some, some reasons to confuse those. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit when we break down the podcast. All right. Well, Mark, this episode first aired on October 27th, 2011 we clocked this guy at a 2132 run time no producer's cut or anything like that this episode was directed by Wendy Stansler this is her second of four episodes that she's done and if you remember the last time we talked about her she's got just an incredible list of directing credits, like 74 of them. I, I couldn't even go wow. on to name all the shows, but you'll recognize, I would say, easily 95% of them. Wow. Yeah, so pretty prolific director. And then uh, Katie Deppold was our uh, writer for this episode, the writer of record. And this is her sixth of seven. So we're getting close to the end of Katie's run with uh, Parks and Rec. Nice. Yeah.
1: So, all right, Mark. Well, let's get into our uh, synopsises then. All right. Let's get into the synopses. All right. Why? This was kind of a challenging one, but I decided to separate this into an A story and a B story. So just two. Why try?
0: And you're already wrong. Why try?
1: Yeah, I don't care. That's okay. You know what? It's all one story. Done. I got three, but that's okay. You pick a number and I'll support you on it. This This, this could have gone any number of ways. Okay, so let's go on to the way that I'm wrong. Uh, So the A story here, I entitled Nope versus E720. I like it. Leslie hires Entertainment 720 and by extension, Tom. To organize a meet and greet for her and Pawnee business owners, including Pawnee Chamber of Commerce President Martin Kernston of Kernston's Rubber Nipples. We know that guy. We do know that guy. Hoping to court their votes for city council. Leslie is annoyed to discover the meet and greet is one big Entertainment 720 advertisement or advertisement, if you come from across the pond, (laughs) with hardly any mention of her. Things continue downhill when Tom pulls Kernston away from Leslie to discuss Entertainment 720, and even more so when Tom interrupts Leslie's speech with a huge promotional presentation for Entertainment 720. What will happen? Will Leslie ever forgive Tom? Will Kernston ever meet with Leslie? Can everyone fit in the Entertainment 720 limo hot tub? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot.
0: Very nice. I just titled that A story, Mark, Nope Means Business.
1: Yep. That's a good campaign slogan, isn't it? I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. 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 What'd you get for your B story? You should work for Entertainment 720. Uh, So, yeah. uh, So the B story here, I had, I think you'll like this. Yeah. April and Andy's scary party. Oh. See what I did there? I do see what you did there. Very nice. I like that. So this one has, I thought, a ton of subplots, which is probably where some of the other stories came from. So here's what I have. Andy and April are throwing a Halloween party at their house, but did not think to inform Ben. Womp, womp. As the party progresses, we see several things happening. A. Ben decides to be passive-aggressive instead of confronting them, and after Ben refuses to tell Andy what's irking him, Andy wrestles with him and puts him in a headlock, refusing to let go until he talks. B. Ron finds several things broken within the house and decides to occupy himself, making much needed repairs, eventually asking a hesitant Anne, with small hands to assist. C. Chris is dating Jerry's daughter, Millie, ah. s- still, but decides not to bring her to the party because he knew Jerry would be there. But Jerry insists he doesn't mind and tells Chris to go ahead and ask her to come. How will this turn out? Can Andy force Ben to confront why he's angry? Does Ron end up fixing everything in the house? Will Jerry regret telling Chris to invite Millie? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice job.
0: I I called that uh, storyline RSV pissed off. (laughs)
1: nice yeah yeah I try so which I'm guessing you had one of those subplots as the C story I took
0: the Ron and Ann subplot out and called it its own because in my brain you know I decided that it could live on its own outside of the context of a Halloween party it just happened to take place there where the Chris storyline a little more you know directly related to the party and Ben's definitely related to the party so uh, there's no wrong answers here Mark only yours (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's what I live for. So, yeah, there you go.
0: All right. Well, nice job. Well, h- how about AKAs
1: then? Would you come in on there? How about that? All right. Well, I picked two from the two story. I picked two. And uh, <laughs> one of them is uh, when it's actually from the Ron and Ann little subplot. And Ron at one point is shopping for supplies at Lowe's. And he just simply tells the the, the helpful Lowe's employee that is trying to help him out. He just simply says, I know more than you. <laughs> I love <laughs> that, that. that pretty much sums it up. Yep. I think it has become a meme too. It, it really has become a meme. Yeah, yeah. And then my my first place, aka, is um, I think something that uh, we're gonna see a running theme here of Leslie having a talking head and she's kind of telling her opinion of of Tom. And she kind of sums it up with this simple sentence Tom is being a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How about you? Uh well said, Leslie. You'll.
0: Yes. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, we'll get into more about how I feel about this episode in a minute, but I would say that the first inclination uh, about how I feel might be in that I only chose one AKA mm. and I decided to make it an actually one that I liked. Oh. Um, yeah. And I thought, you know, Chris, Chris at one point sees Jerry and said, you know, uh, well, Jerry tells Chris he's beautiful and Chris says, you're beautiful. And then he, he quickly says on the inside where your spirit lives. <laughs> <laughs> nice save. I thought, well, yes. And I thought appropriate for all of us. We're all beautiful on the inside where our spirits live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's where mine lives.
0: <laughs> that's where your spirit should live anyway.
1: I think it needs a forwarding address.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mine's threatening to move to the van down by the river. So. Oh. oh, boy. Well, Mark, should we move into our episode breakdown?
1: Yes. Let's move into the episode Breakdown. Well, you know, Alan, the the last couple of episodes that we've had have had pretty beefy cold opens. That's true. And this one, in comparison, seems pretty tiny. It's short. It's shorter for sure. It's less than a minute. It's like 45 seconds.
0: I I guess it is plot relevant.
1: It is plot relevant. So here's what we see. We're at City Hall. And April and Andy are in the bullpen. I think they're at April's desk, but it doesn't matter. And they're going through a brown paper bag, clearly labeled food and stuff. Yes. And it contains like a a gross, disgusting, Halloween-y type items that Andy purchased for their upcoming party. And you know what? Let's let's just have Constantine play this clip to start us out. Let's do that.
0: Mm, Eyeballs, rats, bats, vampire teeth.
2: Boom. Vampire
1: teeth.
0: Good. Spider webs. Done. Mm Mm-hmm. Fake blood capsules.
2: Oh, they didn't have any.
0: Really? (laughs) That's gross. I love it. We are throwing a Halloween party at our house. It's going to be the greatest thing ever.
2: Someone will die. Fun. And of murder.
1: There's gonna be beer, pumpkins. Bloody goblins. Fake ones. It's gonna be awesome. We have decorations.
2: Dead people that we just murdered.
1: Not murdered, but <laughs> pictures of dead people from TV or movies. mutilated
2: bodies.
1: F- but fake ones. Candy. Dancing. Tequila. All kinds of food and snacks. Blood orphans. No blood orphans. I... I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I, I
0: don't. You don't? I'm going to start right off. I'm really trying not to get there too fast, Mark, but I just can't help it. I did not like this cold open. All right. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Sorry. Now, let me tell you why you're... Let me tell you why I disagree. And and if you've been listening to our show, you know I love this show. Yeah.
1: I just feel like this one let me down. Well, I'll I'll tell you my opinion, and then we'll hear what you have to say. Fair Um, enough. I liked it because I, I always enjoy seeing the the pairing of April and Andy when you have Andy, who I think they've kind of got to this point, he's he's kind of a, he's he's like a, a a golden retriever, like a lab, yes. like he's, yeah. just, he's he's very optimistic and he's very happy, and he and and then April's just like blood, yeah, murder, goblins, and so I like I like that pairing. I feel like I know we've said this before. Like even though they're married, I feel yeah. like they still they're not boring. They still pair off pretty well. I think that's true. So I did like that. I did like the mention of food and stuff, just because that that just because that, nice. that that yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. No and they the grocery sack with the logo on. <laughs> Nice touch. There's there's one thing that didn't come across in the audio, and that's when you know uh, uh, April says, "Okay, blah 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 ah. blah blah blah, blah uh, blood capsules," and he's like, "Oh no, they didn't have." It. And then she says, "Really?" And she looks up at him, and the camera goes to him, and he like his eyes are slightly crossed, and he like drrr, and he has blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah. He just looks like a grinning idiot, yeah. and that's yeah. when she saw oh, his girl. I love it, so, and that's
0: been pretty well memeified too. So
1: I, I think it's a good visual for sure. Yes, I like that. So I actually this. I actually liked it, but I'm very, very curious. Tell me what what tell me what I don't want to spend too
0: much time in the cold open because we got a lot of episode to cover. But what I will say is I felt like I didn't mind April's part. I didn't mind the pairing. I felt like the way Andy reacted to her, where he was always trying to, you know, make it okay what she had just said was kind of out of character. Cause I think he she, he thinks she's kooky. And I think he, if anything, he'd laugh at her and double down. I just felt like his part was written wrong, but that's me.
1: Oh, I you know what? So I, when
0: I rewrite it and reperform it, <laughs> and then rebroadcast it,
1: I, I could I you know what? I see I see what you're saying. I still thought it worked.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll agree to disagree to agree. Oh, this is gonna be a fun episode. Yes, I can feel it in my bones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can, let's I can let's feel it in my blood capsules.
0: In your in your fake blood capsules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, very good. Well, Mark, the first scene in the in the main show is in Leslie's office and it has pretty much everything you can imagine, including Crying Clowns on the phone, uh, nipple kings, and the story behind the title of this episode.
1: My gosh, it's like a saga is born. It so yes. Yeah, like you said, we're in Leslie and You know, I almost said Leslie and Tom shared office. I guess it's not anymore. Not really. That's uh, that's sad, I guess. All right. So Leslie has hired Entertainment 720 and by extension, Tom, to help with an upcoming meet and greet that she's put together with Pawnee business owners. And she's trying to show them essentially that, you know, she's not anti-business. So fair enough. Tom is telling Leslie she needs to get comfortable talking herself up. Uh, so, which is something Leslie doesn't typically do, and that's good advice, you right. know. You have to know when to honk your own uh, a horn there, yeah. Um, well, she just
0: got buttons printed that, that with my campaign suggestion, nope means business, mm. it would just speak for itself, she wouldn't have to do the talking.
1: I can't argue with that, yeah, but mostly because I don't want it. Uh, yeah. so yeah, Tom's advice to her, especially you know, is t- talk yourself up, yeah. but especially targeting Martin Kernston from Kernston Rubber Nipples. Oh, you mean uh, the Nipple King? The Nipple King, um, who is the president of the Chamber of Commerce. So he's a, of special importance. Uh, as Leslie looks over some documents Tom has provided, we, we hear a very brief uh, one-sided snippet of a call that Tom gets on his cell phone from apparently a crying John Rolfio. But th- th- Tom leaves the room before we can really find out anything else.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Tom has given Leslie this basically kind of portfolio of information on Martin, so that she yeah. can study up. And yeah, and she she reacts to it in a little in a little uh, talking head where she says allergic to chestnuts, and then she goes and good haircuts, and she shows us this picture of you know basically a guy with a Tupperware bowl haircut. Oh yeah. What's immense interesting is, and we'll see it in a minute. The haircut in the picture is actually a much better haircut than he's going to have in the actual episode.
1: Yeah, he managed to spend some time on that. Yeah, Yeah, it
0: it goes downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, next scene, we're up at Burley's house, which I'm just going to call April and Andy's house from this point forward.
1: So let it be known that when... Alan says April Nandy's house. What he really means is the residence, the residence formerly known as Burley's. There it is. Please continue with the podcast. Yep.
0: And I think the last time we saw a party here, uh, it was a wedding where Burley, the roommate, Mm -hmm. basically found out about it as it was going on.
1: In the deleted scenes.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't, you pull the not no, canon no. thing on oh, me no. today. Oh, I'm not in the mood. About. I don't what you're
1: talking about. I don't yeah, know. Thank never you. Thank said that before. Thank you. Go ahead. Because
0: then the, it would nullify road. what I'm, I'm about to what say. going to say it's
1: important. Yeah.
0: At least this time, their new roommate, Ben, finds out about the party before it starts, but, you know, he's also not invited.
1: He is. Not invited, I think, because he thinks he's not invited. But let's see. So yeah, Ben comes home. This scene opens with Ben coming home to the residence former known as uh April and Andy's place. As and, and, and we had said in the last episode, I had kind of forgotten that he was staying with uh yeah. April Nandy and because it had been a while since we Well, had remember an they had
0: the adulting one oh one classes and that's right. He, he tried to get him to the point where he could stand to even be in the same house with them they so, weren't, they,
1: they weren't eating chili out of frisbees and yeah, stuff. Frisbee's, so yeah. yeah. Ben comes home. And he walks through the door, and he's looking at his phone the whole time, like, you know, most of the world. And he's smacked in the face by a life-size skeleton that's hurtling towards him on a wire. And he kind of mugs to the camera like, you know, what the hell? And he's kind of surprised and stunned. And then he heads further into the house, which is been richly decorated with other halloween type things and he has a conversation with april and andy who are getting into their costumes at this time and confirms that yes they are having a party that night and no they uh, forgot to tell him about it and ben is angry at this but deals with it in a passive aggressive manner confirming in a talking head that his whole family is in fact non-confrontational
0: Yeah, he says his parents' method of solving problems is to keep everything bottled up and just subtly hint at what's bothering them. Awesome. They're still divorced after 36 years.
1: Well, consistency is something. You need (laughs) a
0: stable family. I just don't know. And another thing that annoyed me, if I'm going to make a list, Mark, is... There we go. Why did Ben automatically assume he wasn't invited? I mean, not being consulted is one thing. But to basically then to, to extend that, to say, well, then I guess I'm not invited and I'm going to go pelt in my room. I don't know. I thought it was a little childish.
1: Well, I don't think he was not invited. I think that was his reaction. Or is that your point? But,
0: that, yeah, you. that's my point.
1: Yeah, he's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> well, now that you've explained it to me, we can move on. It
1: sounds so much better when I say that. It, 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 it really oh, no, does. Thank you. Yeah. yeah exactly.
0: Good night, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mark, from here we'll move over to what I'm going to call the Pawnee Convention Center because we have no evidence that it's
1: not. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. See, I couldn't tell yeah. if this was like the Pawnee Super Suites main room or what. I didn't know what it was.
0: That's a good point because that was a location where they had a bit of a banquet in the past. So that, that's maybe the only it is our I go-to. That, so. Yeah, fair enough. You know what? I like that. Uh, so over at the Super Suites, oh, nice. uh, the party for E720. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, uh, Leslie's yeah. meet and greet. Very good. Is being hosted by E720 and. Is It's just kicking off.
1: It is just kicking off indeed. So, yeah, this uh, we're basically at Leslie's meet and greet that we described earlier and that uh, Tom has decorated it to support Leslie a little bit. While mostly trying to promote himself in Entertainment 720 in a variety of annoying ways. And Leslie, uh, to say the least, is not happy when she sees all of this. And she tells Tom in no uncertain terms, like all this, all this E-720 crap, your face all over the place. Get rid of it. Get rid of all of it. Except maybe the sheet cake. Keep the (laughs) sheet cake. I may need the sheet cake later. I'm just saying keep the sheet cake. Just scrape off the words. Yeah, exactly.
0: I love uh, I love that she says, oh, is E-720 running for office? Because <laughs> there's got to be, what, 13, 14 pictures of Tom's face, including on the carpet, which he says it's always been a big dream of his to be a rug.
1: He's such an idiot. Like, if you, if you took it as a percentage, if you took all the things that are put up 1%, Leslie, if that? Was her name anywhere? Maybe on the podium. It was one, they had like a, a, a button or a yes, something that yes, said, it yeah. nope, 2012. And I think that's it. That was it. Yelp. Yeah.
0: E720 e- and or Tom's face everywhere else you look. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, at the Halloween party at April and Andy's, it has begun and there's a great mystery looming over the evening. And the only one who can solve it is the great detective, Sherlock Traeger.
1: So it's a residence formerly known as Burley's. So, yeah, we get an outside shot as of the lawn decorated with, you know, cheesy tombstones. Um, uh, uh, made me think of Mortimer Lindquist from the Dresden Files. There uh, you go. While, while an inside shot shows us the party is now raging. I don't know if it's raging, but there's a lot of people no, there. It's um, begun. It's begun. And so <laughs> among others that we see at the party, we see Donna, who's dressed as a policewoman, April, who's dressed as a sumo who has lost weight, I think. They may have established that in the prior season. They did, yeah. Uh, Andy, who is dressed as UFC legend Chuck Lydell. I think his team's called the Pit, if I remember correctly. I don't know. And <laughs> and Chris is dressed as Sherlock Holmes, or Sherlock Traeger, I guess, his own variety of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Chris is sh- Sherlocking his way around to everyone he's guessing or solving the mystery of what everyone else's costume is uh, to everyone's delight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Delight's a word. Um, Yeah. I I love he encounters Donna right up front and says, uh, you know, uh, blue shirt, badge, nightstick. You're a policewoman. And she's like, yep. And she goes, uh, you're a regular. And he and he inserts Sherlock Holmes. I solved that one before you did. And that's pretty much it for Donna. She's done.
1: To, okay, this is fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to walk away yeah. and be not with you.
0: Yeah, because you're kind of being a little over the top and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are, are those my words?
1: Are those my words <laughs> this, again? This is going to be such a fun episode. Yeah, I go, I go, huh. man, go. Weird. You're good.
0: Huh. Well, let's keep going here at the Halloween party, Mark, because speaking of Sherlock Traeger, the next mystery is the location of Jerry's missing daughter,
1: Millicent. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, while Chris is Sherlocking his way from uh, party goer to party goer, uh, he eventually encounters Jerry, who is dressed up as Mr. Potato Head, which I kind of liked his I costume. liked his costume. I did.
0: I thought it was good. I may yeah. copy it. <laughs> And uh, Jerry and I could probably share clothes right now. So <laughs> I might as well.
1: So Chris tells Jerry that he didn't bring Millie, his daughter, uh, to the party because he knew Jerry would be there and he didn't want to, you know, cause any issues. And and mm. Jerry good naturedly tells Chris, hey, you know, that's very thoughtful and I appreciate it. You're very nice. But I, I honestly, Chris, I have no problem with you dating. And he encourages Chris to uh, tell Millie to go ahead and come to the party.
0: Yeah. And they have that little exchange where my AKA came from. And, you know. Chris says, oh, you're beautiful on the inside where your spirit lives.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also kind of had a yikes moment when Chris was texting and like, oh, yeah, stared at Jerry the whole time. It was a little weird. A little serial killer. And then he explains why, you know, I've gotten to the point I like to maintain eye contact and everything, which if you read it on paper, that sounds pleasant. I don't want him staring at me like a serial killer while he's texting. That's just bad news all over the place.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah and then he he gets in the little text hi jerry so <laughs> well next up the mysteries continue and we're presented with the mystery of which character only owns one halloween costume and what is a shockwire anyway
1: no oh, it's ron i saw that before you did so anyway yeah ron uh enters the scene uh in his pirate costume from last year no doubt the pirate it's his
0: halloween costume that's it as if it's a unit of measure and there's only one
1: yeah check the box done done yep um so he approaches andy and uh and and says you know andrew you have a leaky bathroom faucet and he's like yeah (laughs) and and you have a exposed wire above the bathtub and uh so then andy's uh he just calls it shock wire. So he I guess said, oh he's, yeah, shock wire. He's familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not good. And uh, so finally, Ron just asks Andy, "Do you have a toolbox uh, so so oh, uh, so yeah. I can fix it?" And and unfortunately, April and Andy's toolbox isn't quite what Ron was hoping.
0: Well, I don't know if our listeners, you know, pick your grocery store of choice. We got we didn't have Krogers here, and I think you and I both shop there. Yo, he's got a Kroger bag, and inside there's a hammer. Uh, half of a pretzel, yeah, and I don't. I don't even think it's a hard pretzel. I think it's an old soft pretzel that has turned hard. Oh no, yeah, those are the worst. Yeah, time. the worst. Um, a baseball card, yep. A cartridge that says Sonic and Hedgehog. <laughs> I like that. A scissor half, yeah. Which if April knew it was there, she'd probably be stabbing people. Yeah, with it, stabbing McStabberson right there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and a flashlight. Filled with jelly
1: beans. Yeah, you unscrew so, the yeah. top of that flashlight and you turn it over and just oh filled with God. jerry beans. So Jerry good. beans? Jelly beans,
0: <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm going to, no, nope, mm, <laughs> done. We're calling them jerry beans from this point out. And I think we should get his logo, his face on them,
1: and we should sell them. That's brilliant. He really is. That's a brilliant mistake on my part, and I should yes. get the majority of that investment. Was it really a Kroger? Grocery bag? I knew it was no, a no. I, I don't bar.
0: know what grocery. It could have been a food and stuff bag for all I know. See,
1: that's why I thought they were going. But with
0: it's that type of bag. Yes, yes, yeah. The, Just the very type flimsy, that,
1: disposable. Yes, barely get your groceries the type, home without The splitting. type that are
0: choking our, our you know, our our, uh, our oceans and yeah, stuff. They're fine.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a commercial. Somebody was crying. Well, back at the party for Tom's face. I mean the. <laughs> The meet and greet. (laughs) Leslie still hasn't apparently gotten over her terrifying encounter with the most disgusting restaurant in town, Sue's
1: Salads. Oh, holy cow and a half. Um, Yeah. Leslie is now networking with various business owners because, as we said, she wants to make sure that everyone knows she's not uh, anti-business. Right. And. Eventually, Leslie gets the opportunity to talk with the famous Martin Kernston, who seems to know who Leslie is, I think somewhat at least, and and asks if she was responsible for the Harvest Festival. And Leslie, true to her humble nature, has trouble uh, giving herself credit, and she calls Tom over and says, you know, talk about me a little bit. And Tom comes over, but only really to talk up Entertainment 720 and then steal Kernston away from Leslie to talk about, quote, an amazing business opportunity. Leslie angrily walks up to Tom and kind of lays into him for stealing away Kernston and then storms off. And at this point, Tom looks, I think, a little uneasy, but not enough to stop what he's doing.
0: He seems compelled, but we don't yet know why. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Mark, uh, Leslie has a great little talking head at the end here of the scene. I thought we might just play that for the folks at home.
2: Oh, nice. I worked very hard in that event, I'm just... bureaucrats aren't used to bragging about themselves. (laughs) Tom, come over here and talk about how great I am. Martin! Tom Haverford, I threw this shindig. Yes, Tom, tell Martin how hard I worked on the Harvest Festival. It was incredible. A lot of people say the Harvest Festival is what launched Entertainment 720. No one says that. I just said it. My company, Entertainment 720, has an amazing business opportunity for Kernstons. Mind if I steal you away for a few seconds, give you the tales? The tales? The details. Most people would probably say the deets. I say the tails. Just one example of innovation. Look, I don't like to throw around the word butthead too often. <laughs> if you call everybody a butthead, then it kind of loses its impact. Yeah. But I can say, without hesitation, that Tom is being a real dick.
3: <laughs> My okay.
0: <laughs> and a
1: well-deserved one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: It's hard to argue with Leslie here. Um, Tom seems and you know, we've talked about uh, sleazy Tom, Pimpin' Tom, uh, you know, we've always had uh, Entrepreneur Tom, you know. But I,
1: this Tom, I don't
0: know what Tom this is.
1: Yeah, he he's summoning the native dick part of his nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's doing it well.
1: Yo. Yeah.
0: Well, meanwhile, Ron decides to help provide a proper toolbox, and it's only missing one critical everyday tool mark. You know what that is? Mm-mm. It's an eggplant with small hands.
1: don't you mean a beanbag no no oh all right no she's an eggplant fern well that's what you say (laughs) um so this this scene opens up uh with ron shopping at lowe's this is another great meme Yes, yes 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 and this is uh my other aka as a matter of fact Yep. um and he's looking for supplies to fix april and andy's house i mean <clears throat> now you've got me doing it. The residents firmly known as bros. There it is um, so Ron comes back after the great meme where you know I know more than you. That's funny. And so Ron comes back to the party and finds Anne dressed as an eggplant, but he's like, you beanbag, come here. Because notice he still doesn't call her Ann. You notice that? Nope, he calls her beanbag. Yeah. I love that. And he says, Beanbag, I need your assistance there, beanbag. And she's like, Why? And we on account of the small hands are beanbag. Come here. And so, yeah, she's a little scared because he didn't say why exactly. Just come here with your small hands. I need you like. mm. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we'll we'll figure out why in a few moments. Well, in the next scene back at the Halloween party, we're learning a few things, including that Ben has soft lips. Andy's (laughs) fingers taste like salt (laughs) and Oren just has no boundaries
1: whatsoever. Oh, recipe for disaster. Yeah. April and Andy see Ben out of his natural habitat, his room, um, getting something from the house printer.
0: He's in there with his door closed, right? Oh, no, wait, that's a sheet. Never mind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they they think that maybe, maybe he's going to join the party. Maybe. Maybe? But then he's a uh, grumpily maintains his passive aggressive manner and and he tries to get ben to simply talk to see if he's if there's mad about somebody he insists he's not mad and goes back to his room but i'm laughing because eventually he comes up and he grabs ben's lower lip <laughs> he looks mimics like dude if you're angry you know and this is very andy of him he says it dude is. if you're angry if you're angry talk to us yeah and grabs his bottom lip my name's Ben. <laughs> I'm <My>. mad. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous and cracked. Yep. Yeah. And apparently he has salty fingers, which is yikes. Yuck. And then what? Then, as Ben was going back into his room. Yeah. Who was trying yeah. to sneak in there. The Orin would just headed straight in there. Like, oh. What's behind the sheet? He wanted yeah. to know. Yeah. And he had to say no to Orin. Like <laughs> Leslie says no to the raccoon in the hallway. No, no, no. Bad, bad Orin. Bad Orin. You're a nasty Orin They hit you with a stick. If, if he'd
0: pooped on the carpet, I think Ben would have put his nose in it. <laughs> <laughs> and stay out. Oh, that would be so fun. That uh, would be good. Uh, yeah, Andy's annoying me already. I'm just going to just say it. Like, I, I'm already not happy with him. And maybe Chuck Liddell is, is a jerk. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. UFC or what's that? UFC? What is that? Is that where the people kick each other and stuff hard? And
1: and punch? I don't follow hockey.
0: Okay, I don't either. But whatever sport that is, I'm hoping Andy is being this way because the person he's personifying in his Halloween costume is that way. Because if it's Andy, I I just want to punch him. I just, I'm already angry and don't get me started because we haven't even gotten to that this yet. Is a,
3: this is a, such yeah. a great episode. Yeah. I'm just,
0: I'm, I'm almost giddy <laughs>
1: to get to the end. You know what? You wish you were just listening at home, don't you? Oh, if yeah. I were listening at home, I would be like, what the hell is about to happen right now? <laughs>
0: well, Mark, from there, I believe that all of the staples of the Pawnee business community are here back at the meet and greet tonight, especially my favorite, the Glenmore discount cemetery. mm.
1: Uh, where you die once, you buy twice.
0: (laughs) That would not be a discount.
1: No, but good business. Buy once, die twice might be a discount. now you might look into it like, I'm the reanimator. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, at the meet and greet, Leslie is speaking at the podium in front of everyone. And she mentions uh, several businesses that are cornerstones. They're linchpins of of Pawnee, um, including Sue's Salads. Boo. Boo. It always cracks me up that Sue Salads is owned by Tanya.
0: Tanya. Well, and then there's Jeff's Savings (laughs) Loan, which just instills a sense of trustworthiness, doesn't it? Hey, hey,
1: I'm Jeff. Come on, I got some money. (laughs) Anyway, Leslie's speech. I always love the list of businesses too. It's just a really funny list. I got a few of them. Leslie's speech is interrupted by the sound of music all of a sudden playing in the background apparently heralding Tom's arrival on stage. And Tom completely takes the speech away from a stunned and angry Leslie, continuing the theme, using his headset to talk to the crowd once again about, no surprise, Entertainment 720. And Tom plays a brief promotional film, having nothing to do with Leslie or her campaign, and everything to do with Entertainment 720. And Leslie, at this point, Alan, is really starting to lose her cool.
0: She's quite angry and, and, you know, Tom gets into this thing where he's, you know, she's really trying to get him to stop, but he just keeps going. He's like a runaway train, you know. I love the line where he says, Entertainment 720 has been a fixture in this community since June. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about, you know, Tanya's salads or I'm sorry, Sue's salads. Yeah, yeah. She's been around for years. Oh, yeah. Her and food and stuff and JJ's and the, the cemetery folks and then. Jeff Tramp. Savings
1: and Loans. Anyway. Tramp stamp tattoos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An enormous... Uh,
0: enormous Kenny's Fried dough Stand and Mobile Phone Emporium.
1: Yeah, it's a one-stop shop. Mark, he couldn't choose. No. And he
0: thought to himself one day, why? Why do I have to? I can be everything to everyone.
1: What would be more of a genius move than to combine these two things?
0: Well, and, and just to wrap up this scene, Leslie is is really very angry she goes to Tom, grabs, reaches into his shirt and grabs a nipple and says, you're lucky that Martin Kernston's here because you're going to need another nipple.
1: Yeah. Leaving him groaning and writhing oh, yeah. in pain. But you know what? Good. Well-deserved. Good. Yeah. Mother home. Well,
0: Mark, in this next scene, I know you're, you're handy, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You've got ladder chair at home. Ladder <laughs> <Latter> chair. <laughs>
1: It's brilliant. I'm laughing because I'm. You know what
3: makes me the most mad that I didn't think of that.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: yeah, so yeah, you. I am. I got a ladder chair. At home. he'll uh, help. He'll help. <clears throat> well, Mark, I can also really relate to that sense of accomplishment that Ian and Ron are experiencing in this next scene at a- April Nandy's and house. You know. But doesn't this start out with someone playing with Mister Potato Head or something?
1: And not in a good way. No. No. Yeah. So the the first scene is actually no dialogue here. Well the first part of the scene I should say. Yeah. We're back at the Halloween party and dance music is playing to or something like that. And then we see Jerry looking across the dance floor. And apparently his daughter, Millie has decided to come to the party oh, okay. after all. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that nice? And, but there was no reason
0: for her and Chris not to be together tonight.
1: Well, except that they shouldn't be spot welded together on the <coughs> dance floor. Cause Holy crap. And a half. Uh, he, so Jerry like looks across the dance floor and he spots Chris and Millie, you know, and, uh, and uh, they've been dancing very closely and suggestively. Sure. And, and so he's staring like his mouth, agape. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's not, happy like he just is all sorts of bad stuff going on in his head and april walks by while this silent jerry is going "Uh," and she notices uh, jerry's a forlorn stare you know as he witnesses his daughter getting triggered on the (laughs) dance floor there and she also notices that he's dressed as mr potato head with a smiling face and so she goes Bing! I know what I'm going to do. And she reaches down and she takes the smiley face off because it's probably Velcro or something. And she turns it upside down and whap and sticks it back on him. So he's now his frowny face. And then she's satisfied and she walks on. Yep. And then elsewhere at the party, Anne is helping Ron fix the bathroom sink. And when Anne expresses interest in wanting to learn about what Ron is doing, I think Ron appears maybe momentarily bemused, like he yeah. didn't expect that, uh, but then goes on to explain things, resulting in them turning the faucet handle and well, lo and behold, water comes out. And so Ann and Ron both express a feeling of accomplishment at this, at which point Ron asks Apprentice Ann If she wants to help him fix other stuff around the house and, Anne excitedly agrees.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that. He took a moment to explain what he was doing there. She did say, you know, I'm a homeowner. I want to understand this stuff. And then, you know, when it works, like, Oh my God, we made it work. It's a great
1: feeling. I I think that there are probably so few people in general, not men or women or whoever that actually want to understand. I think he was kind of taken aback and like, all right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He said, uh, (laughs) it's a good feeling, a sense of accomplishment and pride. Damn it. I just love it so much. And then he's like staring off into the distance. Kind of looks like a poster there yeah, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, And then Anne goes, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I thought enjoyed that scene.
1: Yeah, I did too. That was the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to get to the end of this. Okay.
0: Well, back at the meet and greet, we catch up on the video and we see Tom Zuckerberg. I mean, a silhouette of a social media mogul throwing his support behind E720.
1: You know what just occurred to me? Wouldn't that be a great name for like a, a, a food truck, meet and greet?
0: Oh, you know what? I'm a vegetarian and I would probably go see what the menu had on it.
1: Done. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So back at the meet and greet, um, the audience is finishing. I don't know if it was the promotional film that we last saw, but it's at least a promotional film. Maybe it's another yeah. one. Who knows? But put on by Tom. And at the end of it, Leslie attempts to rest control back from Tom apologizing to the audience and telling them that, you know, we're not going to waste any more of your time. Uh, Sigh only to have Tom rest control back start playing hip hop music, (laughs) have several scantily clad ladies come out to the audience to collect mailing list info. Mark,
0: those are the E720 mailing list divas. And
1: are they ever? (laughs) And finally, invite everyone to join him in the entertainment 720 mobile hot tub parked right outside. Leslie is absolutely fuming at this point. And I don't blame her. I oh, don't know. She seems a little bit reactionary to me.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see
1: what happens with that. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this.
0: Well, back at April and Andy's, Ben finally decides to join the party, or at least make sure nobody lays a finger on his Butterfinger.
1: Uh, that's not going to go well.
0: No. Yeah. Ben comes out to grab. I'm surprised Oren didn't grab it. He doesn't have any boundaries. We've already established that.
1: I don't think his kind needs <laughs> food or drink or air. <laughs> Just blood. Just um, so, yeah, Ben comes out to uh, lay a finger on a butterfinger because on a candy, maybe he's hungry. And April just snatches it right away from him and says, if you're not part of the party, you can't have the candy. No, back off. Back off. Yeah. And, and he, actually, it's funny because she doesn't take the candy bar and put it back in the bowl. She just throws it away into the yeah. distance. Like, no, you know what? No one has it. You happy now? No one enjoys that. Um, and so Ben backs off and just whatever goes back to his room But this time he's followed by Andy, who tells him, you're angry at me and you're not talking about it. And I'm going to beat you up until you do because I'm mature, which (laughs) kind of made me chuckle a little bit. And then from here, we see Andy proceed to do a number of things to Ben with Ben refusing or maybe unable to fight back, including kicking his chair while he's sitting in it, punching his chest and arms, putting him in an airplane spin, sitting on top of him on the bed, punching him putting him in a full Nelson on the bed with his legs wrapped around his torso and putting him in a chicken wing arm bar. So, yeah, he's uh, Ben's not having a good night. I don't know what
0: half the things you just said are, but I'm going to trust that you do and that those are correct and real things. <laughs> <laughs> sure, they are. Do they do those things on the UFC? I don't follow hockey. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Mark, let me, let me add to my list of complaints now. good. so, so so Andy, we already know is being, well, Tom's being a dick. Uh, We got that. Leslie nailed that one. Um, Andy's being a dick. Mm. Um, Well, part of me wants to believe that he really doesn't understand why Ben's upset. But April knows, I don't care what's going on with Andy at this point. April knows she's antagonizing him on purpose and just being kind of mean, like, there's funny April mean, and then there's like April's being a dick mean. And and I think they're both kind of being dicks.
1: Is there a version of COVID where you just turn mean? Maybe. Are, are they all are they all? Yeah. It? Now you know what? So here here's the one thing I'll say. That, about that's this. that
0: that strain is called angry con.
1: <laughs> wow. I think I think April doesn't care whether or not ben tells them what he's feeling or if he's angry i think april has no interest in whether or not ben ever decides to tell them like passive aggressive doesn't matter to me i think andy being the the naive goofy somewhat dim-witted but ultimately optimistic laboratory retriever that he is I think I think he honestly does care like I something's wrong and you're not telling me and I am actually dimwitted enough that I don't know what it is but you're not telling me and I and I we need to resolve this now how he ended up doing it all right i, I grant you that but fair enough yeah I just have a little bit different take on it
0: i I think his motivation may be pure but you're right his means his methods not a fan <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was a little funny, though, but I, I, I get what you're saying.
0: You know, you've, you've made the point before that sometimes a joke, you know, it's a good punchline joke. But if you keep playing it yeah, for too long, yeah. it gets old. Yeah. I think that happened for me in the way his physicality is this wrestler guy. That just bothered me. I get that. And at this point, yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just me, you know. Right. I'm in a bad mood is clearly my problem. I hadn't noticed. You hadn't noticed. Huh. That's weird. Well, back over at the meet and greet, things continue to devolve, and Leslie finds herself apologizing for a certain little water-soaked weasel. Oh, that one.
1: Yeah. Tom is outside, presumably in the mobile hot tub. And, and I'm sure there are dozens and dozens of people out there with him. Oh, yeah, including the the mail list uh, uh <laughs> divas, the, yeah. Lady, the divas, yeah. The divas there. Um So Leslie finally gets a chance to talk to Martin Kernston again, and she apologizes for Tom's theatrics. And Martin tells Leslie, he's a frugal man. You can tell by my haircut. And if Entertainment 720 is the kind of business that she trusts, he doesn't think they share the same values. And Leslie is kind of forlorn and stunned by this. And then the very next scene we see is like Popeye, that's all I can stands and I can't stands no more. And Leslie is on a rampage. She's, she's on like, a mission. Oh, she storms out. Yeah. Sees the limo hot tub yeah. and goes, she walks all 40 down. feet of that limo quickly. And, and she goes, she's going to have it out like yeah. right here, right now it's happening. And she finds Tom alone. It's weird, in the Entertainment 720 mobile hot tub. And she starts yelling at him. He said, like, you get out of the tub, you little bastard. And then he goes, no, I'm going to stay in here. And like, no, you get out. Like, no, I'm going to stay in here. It's like, you know what? Here's what happens now. I go in there. And though she's she gets up there and she takes off her shoes and she gets in the hot tub. And then she starts laying into him as well she should. And combined with repeated drowning attempts, which I admit were a little funny. And finally, you know, after all this, Tom utters this, I hesitate to even call it an apology. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's and good. and then and then I know, right? <laughs> and good. then Leslie says, What's wrong with you? And he says, My company's bankrupt, okay? Entertainment 720 is dead. And Leslie, instead of cold cocking him, yeah, which is what she should have done, yeah. because bleep that. Yeah, she goes. Oh, man. And she's yeah. empathetic. You know, I she know. sits down. The, and so which is which is very much in her wheelhouse. But it is.
3: I got a lot to say about this in the end.
1: OK, I,
0: I do, too. And I'll hold off on it. But I'm annoyed now with Leslie, too. She's been added to the list. <laughs> I just want to I just want to point that out.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be easier just to mention those people who aren't?
0: Yeah. Ron and Ann did not annoy me very much. Um, Jerry didn't really annoy me and, uh, Donna didn't annoy me, but everyone else pissed me off, Mm. but we'll talk about that later. I don't, I don't want to give away the ending. (laughs) Yep. I, I, yep. Mark, the scene where Martin says to Leslie that, you know, if entertainment 720 is the kind of business you trust and I'm afraid that, you know, you and I don't share the same values just like man it hit me hard it reminded me of the scene when Ron basically said the same thing to Tom about being in business with John Ralphio Mm. early on yeah I'm like I feel like I've heard this sentiment of this expression before and that was the scene that it reminded me of
1: that that's a great callback I agree
0: interesting well, Mark, not only is Ron always ready with a tip on how to maintain your house properly, but he also has some good advice on chokeholds and full Nelsons, as it turns out. He is are a, those, things, those are things, right? He's, sure, they are. Yeah.
1: He, Ron is a... In fat, hockey? It, it, <laughs> I don't follow hockey. Oh, damn it. Um, maybe competitive teeter-totter. That's I don't know. it. That <laughs> was where it happened. <laughs> so, yeah, Ron is a fount of information of all these things. Um Andy, right now, back at the party, we see Andy in the middle of the main room, I think, and he has been still in a headlock. And it seems like Andy is... I'm going to say good naturedly walking around with him, Like he isn't like going, come on, you little, you little puke, talk, talk. He just kind of like, here we go. You know, this is what happens. And, you know, and here I need to get some chips or whatever. And Andy isn't being malicious exactly, I don't think. But he is insistent that he's not letting go until Ben talks to him.
0: They're both doing their own form of resistance against the other.
1: Kind of, except yeah. his is literal resistance against his cranium. Yeah, Against his cranium. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see Ron and Anne, assistant Anne, uh, enter the room and essentially tell the partygoers that to do the next repair, they need to turn the power off for one minute. And so the power goes out and everyone goes, Woo! you know, because it's dark and sexy. And seventh stuff. grade. I don't yeah. know. Is that, is that what happens? Yeah. Um, in seventh grade, I just ate a lot of pizza. I don't know what that that <laughs> is. So anyway, the power comes back on. And we see Jerry sitting on a couch, which I assume he was sitting on before the lights went out. He was. But now that the lights come back on, all of a sudden on the other end of the couch have disgustingly materialized. Chris and Millie spot welded together at the snouts. And so they're just, they're just, Jerry's a little disgusted and gets up and leaves. So this is poor Jerry. I mean, not I poor mean, Jerry in the normal way. Does really
0: like poor Jerry. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. God. I mean, they do still have their clothes on technically, but that's about the only way in which they are not grinding each other.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Thank God for that thin layer of clothing. <laughs> well, back in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Tom wishes it was one of those hot tub time machines because I think right now he might want to do over.
1: <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. That, that would be a great cooperative crossover at this yeah. point. I never saw that movie. I didn't either. Was that about hockey? What was that about? (laughs) (laughs) I assume it was about a hot tub. And a time machine. I don't know about that part. Anyway, so back in the hot tub, um, Leslie just point blank asked Tom what happened. What happened with with the company? And Tom answers, uh, quote, We're hemorrhaging cash ever since we opened. They say you've got to spend money to make money. Well, I don't know where we went wrong. We spent all of our money, (laughs) which, you know, I want to say Tom isn't an idiot, but it's it's really difficult. It's hard. hard They're making it difficult. They're making it difficult. So Leslie, finally, idiot or not, Leslie feels bad for him, and she finally suggests, look, let's get out of the hot tub, pruney or not, and indulge in some tried and true comfort (laughs) food.
0: (laughs) And Tom goes, where are we going to get albacore tuna with crispy onions at this hour?
1: And you just want to punch them. You just want to punch them all over again. <laughs> just get back up so I can punch you back down. Well, back at the Halloween
0: party, Mark, Anne may have learned a few things about home improvement, but pretty quickly we learned that she hasn't learned quite as much uh, as she would have liked.
1: <laughs> but she has the talk down. She really does. Well, Yeah. At this point, the, the scene starts out. Ron and Anne are crouched down under the kitchen sink with other partygoers nearby, it looks like, and they finish up those repairs. And Ron decides to give Ann the toolbox, telling her she earned it. And Ann seems very pleased and appreciative at this. I like so that. That. That, was, that was a great that, gesture. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of a nice moment. Mm-hmm. That was very sweet. Yep. Then we we pan over to Andy on the couch, still with Ben in a headlock, and Andy gets up with Ben to go get more chips because he's out of chips and he needs chips. You need chips. And you got to need chips. And then, the, but Ben's still in the headlock. So, you know, come on, walk with me. And then Ben starts to resist a little bit in traditional Gandhi fashion by just letting his legs go boneless, <laughs> you know, in a pacifist protest.
3: <laughs> Have you had enough?
1: Yep. No, nah, they hadn't had enough. This doesn't deter Andy. Andy just grabs hold of him harder and harder. And now he starts swinging him around like a little monkey. And eventually they just start scuffling on the floor and and he's he's prompting me he's like you know you gotta fight me you fight me you gotta do something you gotta fight me and an angry ben goes no no i'm not fight you I'm not fight you elbow wham (laughs) and they and right into andy's nose and then he's like the psych they're blood capsules but bleep on a cracker you just broke it and i gotta go to the hospital and stuff and but he does go to the hospital but Mm -hmm. andy at this point is i i i think he's genuinely happy that ben is finally getting over his passive aggressive nature, not the right way to do it, yeah. but that he's let's call it progress and let's get it all out in the open. But first I got to go to the hospital because <laughs> dude, you broke my nose. I
0: I like, I did like this. The, I guess I liked the beginning and I liked the end The stuff in the middle. I just thought it went on too long, but I did appreciate that once Andy committed to it, he never gave up. And right. I think the fact that he grew up with five brothers uh, or was one of five brothers, perhaps, that had a lot to do with him teaching Ben this weird lesson. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, you got to stand up for yourself. Because I bet he learned that the hard way. Where Ben may have been an only child, and I'm, I, maybe he has a, a, a sibling. I can't remember if we learn that later uh, when some other stuff happens that I won't spoil. But um, but I, but either way, you know, we know that Andy has had to fight for his you know, his rights, so to speak before and not the party necessarily like the beasties.
1: And I think that, I think that Andy's
0: and I also don't like that song either. I love the beastie boys and that is my least favorite song. I And and I'm done. That's it.
1: And another thing I'll tell you, yeah, I'll old tell man, you kids, old man, Piercy, get off my lawn. <laughs>
3: Tell you a sad sack of
1: potatoes, got to do a thing, got to to do a thing. And what are you doing there? You're a sorry Charlie. I say, I think in his own crude way, Andy is trying to form a crucible here and he's trying to Mm. force the truth out. Now, does he have the right to do that? Not really. But I kind of get what he's going for here.
0: I think we see where his head is here very shortly.
1: I'm not, I, I am personally not a fan of passive aggressiveness. So there's a certain part of the, 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 uh, the outside part that yeah. I show people would go, Oh no, Andy shouldn't do that. Yeah. There's a little part of me that's like, do it, Andy. You, <laughs> get, you gotta get that, that little, that little wiener to talk. You gotta do that. But I, I get where you're coming from. I understand. Yep.
0: Well, Tom and Leslie have moved out of the hot tub, Mark, and into a booth at JJ's.
3: Are you sure?
0: Yeah, see the gumball machines behind Leslie back there. I guess you're right. That at least I'm pretty sure it's JJ's. I do remember reading at one point that they had four or five different locations they would shoot occasionally based on what restaurants were actually available uh, to represent JJ's. You know so what? This is, this is JJ's level four.
1: I'll 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 totally buy that. Yeah. And and the the gist of it is they're there, and you know what? To your point, they ordered waffles with whipped cream, right? And naturally, yeah. You know that that's their comfort yeah. food. Yeah, yeah, and. This is, this is actually a decent scene. Let, let's have Constantine play this. Let's do that.
2: Wow, I thought you guys were doing great. I remember trying to hire you once and you said you were all booked up. That was a business tactic. For the first two weeks, we told everyone we were booked solid to make people want us more. <laughs> oh, no, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Kind of seems like regular sight should have caught that one. <laughs> also, your logo. It's the worst logo I've ever seen. It doesn't make any sense. It's gibberish. We made some mistakes. Tonight was my last chance to land a big client, and I failed again. God, it's so embarrassing. Oh, hey, Tom, you're a smart guy and charming occasionally. You're gonna have a lot more good ideas. Thanks. Sorry I screwed up your campaign thing. I really wanted to do a good job. I made you this amazing videography Of my life?
1: It's back at the office.
2: Well, let's eat and go. Didn't I ask for whipped cream on this? (laughs) Ma'am?
1: Uh, there was already like, like four seven, inches of whipped cream there. Yeah. That, yeah. Clearly that she didn't hear Not me. Nothing. I need whipped cream. That's right. <laughs> so this was a little bit of exposition, I suppose, as to like what was in Tom's head. Yeah. Maybe a little too little too late, but.
0: Well, and, and, and we certainly are in, from Leslie's point of view, seemingly in all is forgiven mode. And we got there pretty quickly. But I bet you'll have something to say about that later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a good chance.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, from JJ's, we transition over to Ann Perkins Hospital. That's right. As some people call it. That's right. Pawnee General. Yeah. And uh, we're going to check in real quickly and see how Andy's nose is doing and uh, how everybody feels about it.
1: Yeah. Ben is with Andy at uh, Ann Perkins Hospital there. And uh, Andy's nose, as you might expect, is all bandaged up on account of broken Um Ben apologizes, but Andy waves that off and tells him, and I believe him. He says, I honestly don't care about that. Let's let's use this. Like, let's get it all out there. And Ben finally tells Andy what he's thinking. You know, what's been irritating him about their behavior and how he just basically wants them to respect him and his stuff is kind of a summary Mm -hmm. of it. And to his surprise, Andy agrees. Um, And April then arrives, you know, urging Andy to hurry and come out with her because she's blocking an ambulance.
0: I worry for Andy that April is a bad influence on him. Maybe. But I think he's a good influence on her. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. You know what? I like that. And for each of them, that is who they are. So I think it makes their pairing work. I agree. I agree. All right. Fair enough. Mark, the last thing I'll, I'll say about this scene here at the hospital is that, you know, I think that Andy does get what Ben is saying about respecting him and his you know, the line basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't, don't mess with this stuff anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and then of course April comes in and then Andy has to kind of catch her up. And he says, you know, you didn't miss much. We just can't use Ben's comforters anymore for our pillow forts. Mm-hmm. And then April says, ah, what are we going to have sex on?
1: Ben looks horrified. He
0: looks a little horrified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from here, we cut back over. I think we're at Leslie's office and we're finally going to see this video that Tom made as part of his efforts for Leslie's campaign that he did not show to anyone but Leslie and really,
1: really should have. Oh, I I, I completely agree. Yeah, they're they're watching this video. And actually, let's have Constantine play this one last clip. This is pretty good.
2: The year was 1975. It was a time of trouble. Watergate. Well, I'm not a crook. Vietnam. Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis. But then, a ray of hope. Leslie Barbara Nope was born on January 18th, 1975. And she has been a loyal patron of its businesses ever since. Tom Haverford is a selfish, unctuous, sleazy, self-promoting, good-hearted, secretly kind and wonderful, tiny little person. He went to Kernston's office and basically begged him to meet with me again. I think he technically might have bribed him. But hey, you know, whatever works. (laughs) It was Mary Pickford who once said, this thing we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. Tom won't be down for long. Her name is Leslie Knope. And I'm gonna vote for her. And if Lil Sebastian was still alive, he'd surely vote for her. And I reckon you should, too. Did you like it? It's pretty great, right? Worked really hard on it. (laughs) Yeah, we loved it. I'm going to watch it every day for the rest of my life. And when I die, I'm going to project it on my tombstone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It seems like Tom had some redemption here.
0: Yeah, if he'd done some combination of this and self-promotion, I think we could all forgive him. Mm. And I think, in, in well, fair enough. And I think the theory as a writer is, yeah, but that's not as funny. I don't know. It could have been because what they did do wasn't all that funny.
1: I'm going to take a guess and say that you and I are going to have more to say about this. at score. We might. Weird.
0: <laughs> well, the only other thing I'll say about that scene before we move into the kicker mark is, I don't know why Tom's narrator voice is, uh, you know, Colonel Sanders and he's selling Kentucky Fried Chicken.
1: Oh, see, that's so much better. In my mind, I don't know why he was Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> well, like, he's not far off. Huh? I say, I'm gonna, I say, I say I'm gonna say. vote for her. And if little Sebastian, well, I he'd surely vote for her too. And I, I say, <laughs> I reckon you should too. That's pretty good. Yeah. I I'm I not like Colonel Sanders better.
0: Well, I don't know. Either one of them could sell me chicken. <laughs> Uh, i'm a chicken hawk i'm a chicken hawk well mark from here all that's left is the kicker and i'll let you talk us through that
1: all right well we got jerry and chris and millie you know because they were so happy together they're all leaving the party at this point so they're walking outside to their their cars and by the way i did notice i don't know if you saw this alan that jerry's mr potato head still had its frown yeah he's still frowny (laughs) um so Chris, once again, I I naively, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, naively overshares with Jerry, including how he and Millie may have intercourse, to which Jerry begs him, please, you've gotta stop saying things like that to me. And Jerry walks off. He's he's not in a good way. And Chris around this time starts patting himself down, realizing that he can't find his car keys so then we get one last really quick shot inside the house where we see april with chris's car keys in her hand and april's looking dead at the camera and she says solve this mystery genius and april opens the trash can throws the keys in closes the lid walks off fade, fade to black, to black. Bang, I love it. Yep. yeah
0: i i did like that. that that was the one thing april did tonight i can support the revenge of mr potato that's Ed. right that's right <laughs> Well-deserved as well. Yep. All right. Well, nice job on the breakdown, Mark. I appreciate that. I'll tell you what. We know we got some things to consider here when we come back. We'll also give this thing a score, I suppose. And then uh, we'll go home.
1: All right. I hope that next week is better. (laughs) I don't know. This could be double tens. I don't know. It could be. Yep.
0: Yeah. Stay tuned to find out. (laughs) Dot,
1: dot, dot. We'll
0: be right back, everybody. (laughs) All right. Hello.
3: This is Ron Swanson. In the past, I have talked up several offerings available at the local William Percy Recreation Center here in Greater Pawnee. It is, indeed, a great place to embrace a new hobby, challenge, or learning opportunity. I have acted in the capacity of teacher, mentor, instructor, and sensei for the critically acclaimed Swanson Self-Defense Course, or SSDC. Well, I am happy to let you all know that in addition to my previous teachings, there is now a new class available, also led by yours truly, entitled Handyman in Training, or HIT. We initially called it Swanson Handyman in Training, but decided to drop my name due to the unfortunate resulting acronym. Please note that despite the name, both men and women are encouraged to participate, because being handy around the house doesn't discriminate in fact a woman recently served as the closest thing i've had to an apprentice in years whether it's changing light bulbs oiling squeaky hinges or a full inspection of your ceiling and floor joists in your attic or crawl space being handy does not come naturally to everyone that's why the swanson handy or the handyman in training class is exactly what you need to learn and practice critical homeowner skills Apparently, there is something on the internet's called YouTube. I'm not sure what that has to do with home repair, but apparently you can also learn things on there. However, if you're like me, you learn best by doing, and the Swanson Method is all about doing, not watching. In this six-week class, you'll spend every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. learning these critical skills— each week, our workshop features a different topic, including important gems such as Phillips or Flathead, the choice is not yours. Handsaw, skill saw, or bandsaw, choosing the right cutting tool and maintaining a five finger handshake. Metric or English, really do I have to tell you? The basics of plumbing, keeping it in the can, not hitting the fan. Chestnut or pine, A Beginner's Guide to Woodworking and When to Call a Craftsman. And finally, The Flat Truth About Drywall. It's just called mud, dumbass. When you show up for your first handyman-in-training class, tell me I sent you, and receive a free Electricity 101 workbook featuring an introduction, really more of a cautionary tale, by Andy Dwyer, entitled... Why Shockwire is not as fun as it sounds. Thank you. That is all.
0: All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, before we get into any of the tropes first, fun facts and, or the scores, let's talk about our deleted scenes real quick. Yeah. This week we had about four minutes and 53 seconds worth of deleted scenes. Um, you know, I think there were 10 technically there. Um, I'll say that there was a couple semi-funny ones. I don't know that any of them would have really added too much to the episode or made me feel too differently about the episode overall. How about you?
1: I suppose that's probably true, although I I think it's, you know, that our audience uh, at home is probably pretty smart, so they can probably read between the lines the way that this is going. But um, I honestly thought that some of the deleted scenes were fairly funny especially when considered to what was left in for the aired episode. Right. So like, I, I think it would have made, I think you could have subbed them out and it would have been just as funny and maybe a tad bit funnier.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And that's not something we would normally say.
1: Like, wasn't there one where, where Orin was just sitting there going. Yes. I love that.
0: He was doing the, that kind of, uh, uh, what was that in Pulp Fiction dance with Uma Thurman there. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing that thing. Yeah. Yeah. With Anne. With Anne. Yes, which is weird and <laughs> interesting. And I want to see more
1: because he's barely moving. He's just yes. like looking dead eyed and just yes. kind of barely moving his yeah. hand. And she's like, OK, yeah, no, that's
0: not going to happen. <laughs> uh-huh. And I do think if you're, uh, you know, the, the the video that Tom plays, the E720 promo spot, you can see it and its completion there uh, in the deleted scenes. Yeah. So that might be worth a look as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, for that that dick move. So, (laughs) well, Mark, how about on tropes first and fun facts? Uh, I did not have a lot this week. I think it went along with the theme of of not being particularly, well, that too, not being particularly inspired. Uh, It just seemed to ring true even here.
1: I think, I think that it's probably true for me as well. Like I had no goofs. I had no fun facts. The only first I had was meeting Martin Kernston.
0: Oh, nice. That's and, a good one.
1: And uh, I couldn't remember if we see him again, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Sure. Fine. And then for tropes, I had. Um, it's
0: the first time the phrase "nipple king" is uttered. How's that? <laughs> I like it. Yeah.
1: Um. So for tropes, I had three. I had, uh, as much as it pains me to say it, um, say Tom the mogul. Yeah. Because as much as he was being a dick, I suppose they, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um. Punching bag Jerry, because sure. poor Jerry. Yeah. Uh, that that counts. Yeah. And I'm also going to have. Uh, Punching bag salad <laughs> because <laughs> everybody hates salad. And, and, you know, this isn't the first time it's happened. I didn't even realize no. it would be a trope, but I think it should. Uh, you know what? It fits
0: in Pawnee. Yes, it does. That's a go-to. Yep. Leslie should. said so. Yeah. Slam salads. That's slam salads. Yep. Yeah. How about you? Um, I didn't have anything to add to that for sure. I, I think, um, you know... No, I think you hit everything I did. I just didn't have a big list this week, yeah. honestly. And, and I looked at it and I tried to come up with some stuff, but there just wasn't a lot of anything new or inventive and there wasn't even a lot of revisiting of some of the tropes we love.
1: I, I know what you're really thinking. What you're really thinking is, oh my God, Mark, let's get to the scoring. You want to get to the scoring <laughs> I, do. So I wanna, bad, do want to I, I want to you? hear
0: your 10. I want to I hear you justify your 10.0 Such a 10. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. Well, uh, on the goof side, um, I didn't have any of those either. <laughs> I I suppose the only other thing I would consider perhaps a trope that we didn't mention now that I think about it would be Ron's holiday or uh, Ron's Halloween costume.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, the pirate. Yeah, that's
1: it. It's not even a good pirate at that. No, it's maybe like a quarter pirate. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Well, Mark, let's get into our scores, because I know everyone at home is just really sitting on the edge of their seat. They're oh, convinced where we've got two 10.0s coming up tonight. Oh,
1: complete 10s. Yeah. Yeah. What'd well, you got? You know, Alan, we're now both submitting choices. I don't even care anymore. My no, my MVP for this episode is Chris Pratt, is Andy Dwyer. And and the main reason I'm giving it I to him. I made mine the toolbox. <laughs> Yours wins. Here's here's my reasoning for for Chris Pratt. I, I thought that you know he had outstanding physical comedy, which he usually does. So yeah. I want to give that to him. That's fair. I, I personally thought he had great pairings with both April and Ben in their own ways. At least at portions of the time, I really liked it. And this 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 may be disagreed upon by you, Alan, but that's all right. I think it, maybe this is in light of everything else that went on in this episode is I thought he had some of the most believable and satisfying character relationship closure in the episode, believe it or not.
0: I, I think the hospital scene, yes, put it over the top in that regard.
1: I'll agree with you. Yeah. Um now the bar was set low, but I still want to give that to him. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um so a few additional notes. Uh I thought the A story um I thought the A story was good as far as the idea, but the execution of it left me fell feeling very unsatisfied yeah um the b story with all its little subplots at least that's the way i i termed it it was okay it it, i think that each of the subplots in the b story had their good moments and it was interesting to see some of the pairings that evolved like chris and jerry and ron and ann and andy and ben sure but overall each of the Mm -hmm. subplots although enjoyable at times also seemed a little thin to carry any substance and they each had their unsatisfying moments yeah. with maybe the exception of the Ron and pairing, which I really, really did like for what it was worth. Yep, they they did. didn't, they didn't have a lot of screen time, but I, to me it was oddly satisfying, you know, Ann appreciated Ron's mentorship. Ron appreciated Ann's apprenticeship and, and, and her attitude towards learning ultimately rewarding her with the toolbox, which I thought was a really nice moment. Yeah. And I also wanted to say it gave Rashida Jones a uh, small platform to be, Pretty darn funny, yeah. I thought, which is something traditionally, I think the show has struggled with a little bit. Yeah, we pointed that out a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Her her uh, Ms. Fix-It talk during a couple of the scenes (laughs) is is hilarious. Uh, Props to her. Smack it on the widget. That's right. Yeah. Um, I do wish Ben had kind of worn the Batman costume again, like like maybe at the very end of the episode when he had like made up with April and Andy. Maybe That would have been great. (laughs) I'm here. Give me my butterfinger. Oh my god! Yeah, (laughs)
0: that might have. I'll give another half point just for that. Maybe a whole point mark.
1: Well, I don't. Then it'd be eleven. But you know, yeah. So you can't go higher than that. Everyone knows that. Um, Alan, there's a great quote by Anton Chekhov, master of the short story. Sure, that goes. If you say in the first chapter that there's a rifle hanging on the wall (laughs) in the second or third chapter, it absolutely must go off. If it's not going to be fired, it shouldn't be hanging there. And this has become, in summary, the well-known principle known as Chekhov's gun. Yeah. So, Alan, Alan, I pose it to you. (laughs) Did we experience Chekhov's John Ralphio in this episode? Because he was mentioned on the phone and not just mentioned, by the way, he was crying crying on the phone. And then that was it. I really, really wanted him to be in this episode by the end of it.
0: Oh my God. Can you imagine the scene where Tom goes to see him and he's crying in person and we see it and we learn about the business. And then Tom does the dick move stuff. Like it might've framed it different. Another half point. Oh my God. Plus, it's your part. It, this is your part to talk. I'm gonna just keep going. I'll, I'll say my bit in a bit.
1: Yeah, I see you. Like you're so anxious to give your part, it's like you're doing the pee pee dance. But yeah, you know, I, I need to get through. No, this. I do need to go to the bathroom too, though. Yeah, I know, The old man bladder. All right, so um, got a leaky O ring over here. So some <clears throat> small nitpicks. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'll start with the gentle stuff. Um, not not the best use of the comedic bench. It was it was okay. It was yeah. okay. Not a lot of use of Donna. not their worst not their best meh um as much as i like ben under normal circumstances i thought that his passive aggressive nature started to rub me the wrong way uh maybe it was because of all the other crap going on in the episode that influenced Mm. me but I, I, i was ready for him to just be an adult yeah and like just like say what is going on which is kind of why i well, he's done that before with April and Andy. I that's why I think part of me was kind of rooting for Andy. I don't disagree with what you said, but I was kind of like, I I hope that Andy like full Nelsons okay. full Nelson's him into like getting out that. of his childhood. Sure. Okay, I don't I'll want to that. tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna be passive aggressive. Like <laughs> I'm gonna pound you until you stop that. Okay. Um for me, uh the six million dollar Traeger has crossed the line from naively optimistic and oblivious to borderline creepy. Mm. Like I, I get that he likes to overshare and he may cheerfully blunder into things, not realizing how sensitive they are. Like he's done that before. Like for example, we saw this in the season two finale, uh, Freddie spaghetti when he walked in on Tom and Lucy kind of, kind of doing yeah. it. It's like, Hey Tom, how's it going? Like get the hell out. Oh, sure thing, Tom. <laughs> and he just walks out of the house whistling. That was hysterical. That's was great. You know what the difference was? That was a one off thing. And as awkward and cringy as that individual little moment was, it was very brief and we didn't linger and we didn't revisit it here. It's like we're wading into the cringe hip deep. We're just we're just sitting there (laughs) basting in it like poor Jerry. You know, I I don't particularly like the the way this is going. Yeah, it's it's creepy, quite frankly. Um, Chris can't be that unaware of what social mores are. No,
0: no, No. all the things that people seem to be unaware of in general in this episode, including that there's no way that any of them can be that unaware of the thing that they're unaware
1: of. I would think I would agree. Yeah. Okay, and finally, the biggest issue of the entire episode for me, I'm going to let Grumpy Mark Grumpy Mark, please report the studio. (laughs) Grumpy Mark incoming in five, four, three, two, one. Concerned, I'm here. All right. I officially hate Tom. I said it. Yeah. I officially it hate happened. Tom. I wanted to like the A story. Oh, oh, I wanted to like it. I tried. Oh, I tried. I tried so much. Look, Pimpin' Tom is bad enough. Yes. But at the end of the day, I would so much rather have Pimpin' Tom than what we got. There is only so much conniving, backstabbing, selfish. I don't care how this affects you. I'm looking out for myself tom that i can take if 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 the six million dollar traeger can be said to have crossed the line then tom drove the freaking entertainment 720 hot tub limo over the line and then he hit the party switch and he danced on the line for a half hour and don't get me wrong. I like a well-written story that lets someone come back from a bad place that they're in. We just saw how Leslie was maybe a little bit mean-spirited, and then she corrected course. That's that's okay. Redemption is one of the greatest stories out there. Great, great point. But Tom's little weenie, half-hearted apologies in this episode, when compared to what he did... Mm-hmm. It's just not cutting it for me. It's not believable. It's not satisfying. He could have really hurt Leslie's political chances here. Le- Leslie, them. Yeah. The, the one person, by the way, the one person who has stuck by him no and given what. and given him business, maybe the only person that She's gave probably is only paying customers so far. And yet it doesn't even seem like he cares that much. It's like this is this is mind-blowing to me how you contrast that, you know how we've said how I really like, uh, I like Andy's loyalty yes. to Leslie because yeah. of everything that she did for him. Right. Oh, Tom needs some of that. Boy, does he? He certainly does. And, and I get that Tom made that awesome. And I did like his video, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I did too. As, and I get that he made that awesome video, but you know what? Good. It's called doing your job.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. And and I, al- that's a good point. And it wasn't al- active. Yeah.
1: And I also get that he begged Kernston to have another meeting with Leslie you know what? Good. It's called cleaning up your mess. So, yay. I like Grumpy Mark. I tell you, he's on a tear. Yeah. He's like, I know that these should be viewed as like, like oh, but Tom's redeemed. Hmm. <laughs> it's like it's in the right step of being vaguely in the right direction of vaguely being in the ballpark of maybe one day growing up to be redemption but we're not there yet that's yeah. that's i'm sorry that's the stuff you should have already done i know yeah this freaking thomas All swear right. to god okay <laughs> For Leslie to I think for Leslie to respond to Tom in a way that I thought was in proportion to what he did, she either would have had to a drown him for real <laughs> in the hot tub or knock him the hell out and send him to the hospital. Yeah. Or I guess maybe they could have met up with April, Andy and Ben at that point. Who knows? Um, And I get that Leslie is a forgiving person, by the way. I like that about her. Yeah. I, I really, really do. And she's clearly more forgiving than I am. <laughs> but I tell you what, Tom, buddy. You're on my list. You have some work cut out for you to get me to like you again. So the final note I'm going to say about this, Alan, then I'll shut my gap and score it as a perfect 10. Um, (laughs) I think this will particularly resonate with you, Alan. I haven't had an episode leave such a bad taste in Mm. my mouth since episode two of season one canvassing where grumpy Mark was yeah. born grumpy. Mark was a uh, birth that day. And I might add, it's good to have him back though. it, <laughs> <Concharted. laughs> uh, And I might add season or episode two, season one canvassing is also where you, sir. Alan of the round table gave me one of my favorite quotes of all time. And I quote, these folks got to stay human or you're just not going to want to support them. And I just think that that quote is particularly apropos for this episode. All right, boys and girls, now onto my score. <laughs> All right. You're just, you're just, you're, I, wa- I, I, you're wondering. Like, I,
0: I got to know what the base score is. I like, think, and I'm just going uh, I'll, to, I'll, I'll set this up for everybody. I think your lowest base score I can remember when we, when you, you, I'm not sure you had rubric in season one. Not much of it I one. think we just went yeah, that's yeah, a two, yeah, yeah. um but but I think like since the rubric's been created, I'm pretty sure the lowest base score I can remember
1: you giving is a three. That sounds about right, yeah, so my base score is a three <laughs> um, the stories good night, some, <laughs> good night, thank you. Tip your waitress. The stories were some of them were okay, um. I still thought they were weak overall and each had their unsatisfying moments. So yeah. I'm going to give it three for that. All right. So here's the way I broke this down. I'm going to give half a point for what I thought was a good performance by episode MVP. Chris Pratt is Andy Dwyer. I liked it. Um, Mark's episode MVP. But that's right. Not, not to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Allen's. Um, we, the toolbox. <laughs> um, I'm going to give half a point for what I thought was a cute cold open with April and Andy. I know you and I disagree a little yeah, bit on Andy that, Bader. but I, I I, I liked it. I mm-hmm. gave it a half point. Um, I'm gonna give half a point for Alan's MVP, the toolbox. I, I did, I did like the grocery bag. With it's not my impact. actual
0: MVP, by the way, but, but but it is funny.
1: It's official now. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give half a point for what I thought were because there are some parts where I just laughed out loud. I wanted to give it credit where I could. Fair.
0: You know, I, I and I agree with that. We should look at the show that way.
1: And so I want to give half a point for when Andy grabbed Ben's lips and. I made it. (laughs) I made it just cracked me up. So half a point for that. Um, He's so good at physical humor. Um, Half a point for Leslie talking to and mentioning all the Pawnee businesses. Cause I, Mm -hmm. I I love it when they list crazy stuff like that. Even Sue's salads. (laughs) I want to give half a point for the combo of Ron calling Ann a beanbag and also Ron shopping at Lowe's. I thought the combination of those two was deserving of a half point. So sure. Um, I also want to give a combo half point, if you will, for the not Mark Zuckerberg video clip combined with the E-720 hot tub limo. There's just something about the hot tub limo that just kind of made me giggle a little bit. Um, I want to give a half point for Leslie's cycle that she got in when she nearly drowned Tom. Look at me. I don't want to see your face. Look at me. I don't want to see your face. That that cracked me up. That that was pretty good. Um I'm going to give half a point for Tom's video biography of Leslie's life. I did actually enjoy that. I thought that was really yeah. good. Foghorn Leghorn or Colonel Who, Sanders. Whoever or not. it is. Yeah. He is so delightfully bad at at, at uh, accents. Yes. That it's so fun to listen it's to. It's pretty them. good. Like, yeah. You are butchering this and please, yeah. please keep
0: going. Um, <laughs> He's just a redneck from South Carolina.
1: <laughs> I'm going to give... Finally, I'm going to give half a point for April turning Jerry's Mr. Potato Head smile upside down and kind of her avenging Jerry at the very end by tossing Chris's keys in the trash. I like that. Nice. Now, from that, I'm going to subtract a Uh point and a half for Tom being, I've never done that before, for Tom being so unbelievably selfish and inconsiderate, taking advantage of the one person that supported him. I have never, ever disliked Tom as much as I did after this episode. So you add all those up and then you subtract the final thing and you get a final score of 6.5. Little Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah it has been a minute. This episode was painful for me to score. Giving this thing a six, five to me was almost unthinkable, but you know what? The interesting thing is I've given scores. I mean, historically speaking, if you go back, I've given scores this low in the past, but it was usually because the parks and rec hadn't really hit their stride. So to speak, you know, here it's a little bit different situation. I think at this point in season four, The Parks and Rec universe and the town and the characters, they're so well fleshed out.
0: And we've had a boatload of nine and a half and a 10. Yeah. So just to be totally clear.
1: And so all this stuff is so well fleshed out by season four that I think that episodes of this era actually have an advantage in the sense that I think they start at a little bit higher echelon, a little bit higher baseline because you know and love the characters. Yeah, that's that's fair. that's a plus, right? You could almost phone it in. And yet I just really, really didn't like the direction that they went with some of these stories. Like yeah. so much that it like it was a negative for me. I, I, honestly, I, I think that if Leslie had lost her mind and cold cocked Tom and knocked him out, I may have given this an eight. Like I, I wanted I wanted that sort of conclusion to it to be satisfying for me. But anyway, I shouldn't promote violence. Anyway, Grumpy Mark drops the mic. Six and a half. What you got?
0: All right. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what, Mark. I, I felt bad about my score until I heard yours. So that, that's something saying something. The other thing I'll point out, too, is that every once in a while, I'll if actually. You, if you
1: give this a 10, I'm coming across the desk at you.
0: OK, fair <laughs> enough. Um, 10. No. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about a 10, though. And here it is. Um, I went out and I looked at re- user reviews. I don't do this all the time, but every once in a while I do is kind of a gate check for myself. Like, man, did I love that too much? Man, did I hate that too much? Um, did I just, eh, that too much? I understand. You want people to like you. I do. Yeah. Now copy other people because they do all the hard work and I just take credit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there are two reviews out on IMDb. That was the only place I looked for this week. Um, one is a five and it's out of Leslie. 10? A five out of 10. Yeah. And wow. okay. the, the title is Leslie is still a problem. Now, this person, speaking of dicks, this person's been recently last like a year ago went out and started reviewing all the Parks and Rec episodes and their their commentaries are almost like they think it's a new show. Oh. And other users have now started rating the ratings of this person which are hysterical. Oh wow, that's and meta. funny. Yeah. Uh, I think that by this point they're pretty much just done with this guy. Yeah. But he hates Leslie. And 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 everyone's like dude look, you know, one maybe you try a different show because if you think Leslie's going away on season after season four, you might. I don't want to be a spoiler for you, but you might want to try like Two and a Half Men or something else.
1: Right, right, right. yeah, a like, good show. Yeah, after the first few episodes of Real Housewives, <laughs> I decided it would probably be better if I watched another show yeah. because lots of people like that. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Look
0: here, and this is way off topic, <laughs> uh, but I have to now. We got to yeah. redeem this somehow. I remember back in the you know the 90s or something like that. I tuned in to watch that original version of 90210 because everyone was talking about it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was just so ready to make fun of it. And I did. I made fun of it. And three and a half years later, once I stopped watching it. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those deals. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to this show. The other review is a 10, Mark. And here's, I brought this up because I had to read this to you. The title is Tom Makes the E.P. Yet again, Uh, what's wrong with this person?
1: uh, I I don't know. Um.
0: No, (laughs) this app alone (laughs) made me give it a, Tom in this app alone made me give it a 10. Hilarious. The Facebook mark and dark shadow, LOL, LOL. Okay. That was a little funny Um, because it was so obviously Tom. That's why it was funny. Uh, Beyond that, it wasn't all that funny. And Tom is not
1: awesome. I mean, it was it was the 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 not Mark Zuckerberg thing. It was chuckle worthy. It was not story making. No, it,
0: it's it was one step above the phone it in effort that this episode seemed to get somehow. Yeah, so, um, interesting. Anyway. So back to Alan's review. Yes, um, my MVP of this episode. I gave it to you know to your to your boy to Nick. Um, what? Yeah. Um, here's why. I said Ron was the only character true to themselves in this episode. Now I did kind of exclude Anne and Jerry and Donna by doing that because I didn't I didn't want to factor that in. But of, of the core cast, which you know really the way the show lays out, Leslie, Tom, Ben, yeah, right, that's probably it. Honestly, if you look at the arcs that go on throughout the you know season two through seasons, mm-hmm. um, I felt like. And, and yes, Tom is a jerk, and often is a jerk, but he was so over the top bad. It was one of those the plausibility. You know, they always say that you know your willingness to suspend disbelief is the way in which you will enjoy a thing, a story of any type, really. Right. And and for me, I, I could I kept coming back to that wouldn't happen. They would they would they would rein themselves in before they let it get this far. Yeah. And I could have said that about Ben, April uh, certainly Tom, Andy. Um, I felt like all of them, a, a, and I, I wrote down literally all those people annoyed me. Um, they, they really did. Um, I felt like there was really nice moments for the Ann Ron mentorship. I called it mentorship number five, because uh-huh. if you look at it, Ron's already had mentorships with Leslie, um, Andy, Tom, and April to this point. Yeah. And I thought adding Ann to the list after she finally, you know, she told that great gross medical story a week or two ago mm. and, and ingratiated herself. And, you know, he pulled the, his little trick on her, you know, to, to you know, tamper back down. Yeah. Thank uh, you, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. But um, but overall, I think, you know, Ron is maybe, especially with this, now going to look at Anne a different way. And I thought that was nice that she earned that. so
1: I like that pairing. I yeah.
0: felt like that was a great redeeming moment for this episode. Um. At the party, you know, Chris is so overbearing and obviously PDAing too much with Millie that, again, it was one of those, it it hurt the believability of the episode. And if I don't even have that, then I'm probably not going to like the episode. Mm -hmm. And if you then go so far as to not only be, uh, to, to not be believable, but to then be really annoying, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I, I I felt like they kind of sl- backslid here. We'd had so many great episodes. Season three, I think we both still say is the best season so far. There had been some great episodes in season four. I felt like we were maybe at the end of season one and early season two here by the time this episode was done, though. Oh, yeah. In, in terms of their the effort. Well, I, I won't say that. I, that's not fair. In terms of the output.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I I can't remember the last time, like literally, I cannot remember the last time I scored a Parks and Rec episode less than seven.
0: Me either. It's been a while. I'm going to
1: say first half of season two.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we'll eventually, I, I want to do this thing with the website. We'll, we'll talk about but at some point, uh, me, because I got to tell you, there's this work I need you to do to help mm, us do that. I see. But but once we do that, um, you know, I want to get all of our scores posted again. because I've forgotten some of them. Yeah. But I know you're right that it has been a minute since we've had scores this low. Right. Um, you know, Andy is is too oblivious. And April's being a beep, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I like them and I don't. like having to watch them be that way. Right. I didn't like having to watch Leslie do what she did to Tom. And yet I'm with you that she probably didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Like for, for Leslie to go, you little, you know, bastard, like that just, I don't know. It felt wrong.
1: Like, it, it felt why'd like it was, you make her do that, Tom. Well, it felt like it was a buildup. And then it, it, what was almost worse is like now I'm like, OK, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Pile drive him, pile drive him, knock him out, something, drown him, something. And then she's like, oh, and she forgave him, which uh, that <sighs> seems so quick. I'm like, it was a little quick, but it is Leslie. I know, but it wasn't satisfying because yeah, I just wanted I wanted that little weep we, to suffer.
0: Yeah, we needed to see a little more Tom <laughs> suffering and a little more of him walking it back to her come around the the corner to forgive him, I guess. Right. It happened too quick. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Um, I said, Jerry is fine. Um, It was nice to see him get a little extra screen time. I wasn't surprised that Donna got a little less screen time this week because she had so much last week and it was fabulous. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah,
0: with her and Tom, you know, and the treat yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, and that was a Tom episode I enjoyed. Yeah. So they do exist. (laughs) Um, This was not one of them. Um, And then I just said, you know, Sherlock Traeger, uh, I don't know. I got over that so quick. I was just done.
1: They need to find a new, sh- in my opinion, they need to find a new shtick with him and Millie. I get it. I got it in the last episode. Yeah. It was okay in the last episode. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, they
0: they beat that dead stick with that horse. That's right.
1: As you like to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mark, I give this episode 7.5 little Sebastian's.
1: <laughs> I was, I was going to take bets. If this was going to be in all seriousness, if this is yeah. going to be the episode that that split our because we have maintained in, in the history of the podcast, we've never had more than a one point split. I and I thought this is going to be it. My score is going to be so absurdly low. I don't not. think it
0: was. I'm kind of regretting giving it a seven and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um and again, I, I don't want to be that guy cuz I love these these, these sh- this show. I love these characters, I love these actors, I love this writing staff. Um I love the co-executive producer of Sheet Cake. I mean, I like everything about Parks and Recreation. I wouldn't be spending all my time doing this every week. But I was disappointed by this
1: episode. this is true. I I have I have two thoughts to to back you up on that. Um one is that um I think that you know how we've said that that like some of the really good episodes, they have the advantage of standing on the shoulders of giants because there have been episodes that like maybe established a story or they established an arc or they established a relationship. So now when it's like the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right, the one that takes it home, it it has an extra. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that there's a negative aspect to that, too. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is when I saw that Tom, in my opinion, was a huge, huge idiot with him and John Ralphio, when they were just like, you know, Ben told them, you're going to go bankrupt. I'm like, no, no, we're just spending money. We're fine. And then I thought, you guys need to pull this out of your butt. I don't like it, but I'll give this to you. You need to end this right. And I think I carry that with me. And then with this, I'm like, you didn't you I, I I, gave you a chance and you had a you had something you could have pulled up. You, the, the airplane was diving towards the ground. You, you should have pulled up at the last minute and you didn't. So this almost popped in a negative direction for me.
0: That's interesting. Great, great perspective. T- can't disagree with you. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, I think that about does it. Uh, we'll be back, everybody, next week with season four, episode six, End of the World. And I'm going to predict uh, not the end of the world. But I will predict <laughs> that our scores might go up next week. Oh, my God. We'll see. I, I got to so. hope. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you next week.
2: Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of The Creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.